0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got it, uh, but yeah, you're right. It is a struggle it's, it's um, I'm tired Are it's you t- all
1: doom and gloom, and I know stuff the weather is just kind of it's well, dragging. it's up and down it's gonna be in the next couple of days, it's gonna go up another twenty <sighs> degrees during the day, and then it's See, gonna drop, and it just and, makes me
0: not feel good like my body just doesn't feel good yeah, when it does that when I it concur. goes It was up in the like in the sixties and now it's dropping down into like the thirties, and it's like, uh yeah, I just don't. I just, don't enjoy this. <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't enjoy this. I just don't enjoy this. I just don't enjoy this. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I don't blame man.
1: you. I'm the same way. Ah. I'm the same way. All right, guys. Welcome to the ICND Vacation Rental Ninjas Marketing Podcast. I should have said that with a good radio voice. <laughs> welcome to the ICND there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I do? Oh,
0: man. My name is Paul. I'm the Director of Digital Marketing here at Intercoastal Net Designs. And my name is David Thompson, I'm the director of social media, and this is episode four of our Little Vacation Rental podcast, yeah. so welcome. Hopefully. February
1: 18th, 2019.
0: Yeah, we're a little bit, we normally do these later in the week, so I think we even missed last week, and maybe we're... <laughs> we're catching we're, up. We're catching up, we're catching up. We'll so, still do our two a month. Yeah. That's our yeah. quota, so... <laughs> so anyway, but hopefully you've been listening to the last couple episodes um, and gotten some good information from those. And hopefully you've maybe formed some questions that you want to send our way. If you do, send, send them our way. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah. You'll get notifications
1: on um, Google Play. And uh, what's that other one? That big important one? I'm kidding. Oh, iTunes. <laughs> iTunes, that's, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of this, iTunes.
0: <laughs> oh, so, um, what's the... Do you feel like there's a main theme with our with today's episode? Oh, as far yeah. as like content. Yeah. What mean, do you think? What mainly, do you think the main theme is? Because I've got my own ideas.
1: <laughs> main theme is uh tracking. Uh let's yeah. boil it down to tracking and why it's important, the the granularness of it and what we can accomplish by having good tracking in place. Um, everything's backed up by the data. You can be all, "Hey, this is going great," and mm-hmm. not have any numbers to show for it. Um, just because you know your grandmother might like your website, that doesn't mean that the the, the vacation renter might, you know. So yeah, we got to stay in the right mindset whenever we're we're doing any sort of um, any sort of marketing and make sure we
0: track, track, track. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the way this works is we normally run through a couple rapid fire SEO questions for Paul um we jump in and talk about maybe a tool that could be helpful to you and then we kind of talk about our main topic and i might you know blabber on about some social media stuff for a little <laughs> bit and then um and then we'll just go on and on and on. So anyway, let's start with the uh the rapid fire SEO questions. All right, go. Okay, what is the difference and black hat, gray hat, and white hat SEO. <laughs> and I love it when people use terms like that, too. So right. I want to hear, tell me the <laughs> difference. But I, I think it's funny when people use these terms, because hear, I've hear i heard clients use that before, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: And it, it's one of those, like, it's, it's so funny, because you see these commercials now that um, your information is on the dark web. <laughs> and it's like...
0: <laughs> uh, what's the difference between the dark a, web and the light, the light web? web? <laughs> like...
1: Oh man, <laughs> but yeah. So you know, black hat, gray hat, and white hat—they're all like they—they they describe the tactics used to rank a website, right? So when you're talking about black hat and gray hat, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty details of where all this came from, but um, you know, white hat is the the good SEO. Mm-hmm. You know, think of uh, think of the, the happy happy white hats and and angels and cherubs and all that kind Star of Star Wars. So and Star Wars, so <laughs> white, yeah, exactly. Think the, of Jedi's the good side. <laughs> So, you know, that's doing tactics that uh, you know, don't violate Google's Google's um algorithms or violate the terms of service or, you know, do anything malicious against anybody. Um gray hat is that little that little fine line that you walk between black hat and white hat. So, a- example of gray hat would be um, you know, manipulating Google My Business name listings. So, you know, if you have your your company name is um uh, uh Paul's Warehouse, but I'm selling shoes. Uh, I could change my business name to be Paul's Warehouse of Shoes or Paul's Shoe Warehouse or anything like that, where my business name isn't—it doesn't exactly have the word shoes in it. But by you putting your keyword into that business name, you're manipulating the search engines to rank your website better. So you know that's kind of a, a gray hat technique that um you know it isn't really what Google's after uh but you know it's not one of those that's gonna get you really really flagged or um banned or anything like that. Uh, black hat. Um, this is the fun stuff. Um, this is
0: the stuff that you don't do. It's exactly.
1: <laughs> this is what you do not do, and um, I'm proud to say that ICND is a complete white hat service. Um, there's we we don't do anything malicious, and the reason why is because if you are caught doing black hat stuff, it it you know it really. Um, could violate and and Google can manually penalize your website if they they see you doing black hat marketing techniques for SEO um, but black hat is basically whenever somebody I guess you could say let's say you want to tank somebody's website. You you build a whole bunch of bad neighborhood links to that website. Thousands of, of websites that have to do with like Cialis or uh and and just the things that people associate with um, you know, spam. So anything along those lines, if you build thousands and thousands of links to a website that are spammy, then that's a black hat technique. That technique can get that that other website penalized. Uh, you know, if it's if it's done done correctly and, and whatnot like that. So you know, there's a lot more examples out there, but that's kind of <laughs> the the black so there was and one, white of it.
0: There's one. <laughs> Did you like there that? Was, yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. There was one that I um, thought of that it's the only one that sticks out in my hand in my mind that is a uh, a black hat uh, method, but it's people would put a bunch of different keywords. On the page, but it would be the same color as the page, so right? You couldn't see that's them. That's so old school. It's yeah. really old school, yeah. but that that's one that used to be where people would try and get as many keywords right on a page Basically as possible, hiding and content. they're hiding content <laughs> so that they can get ranked more. But it's exactly. just silly. I mean, it's to me, it's silly tricks. You know, it's like you can you can get good rankings and. Be found just by doing the right stuff, right, right? So, and a
1: lot of people, and that's true, because a lot of people associate black hat with um, the the quick way of doing things. Uh, you know, because you can do black hat SEO techniques and you can get your site to rank, but one algorithm update that changes something,
0: you know, you're you're you might fall off the map. Yeah, you don't do that. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, or you, you could get very, very penalized. Right. You know. So yeah, definitely stay away from. Black Hat. I mean, if you're not sure, I mean, you know, you've got people like us that that know the difference between, you know, what's good, what's not good. Mm. Um, we always like people bringing ideas to the table on, on different tactics and things like that and what they can be doing. And so we'll tell you. I mean, we'll give you our honest opinion on that. Yeah. So. Exactly. Okay. Next question. Explain. And this is a big question. Explain ant pages. Are they still important? And how can they be used? Yeah. So AMP pages,
1: um, they've been around for a while, at least a couple of years, uh, probably three, four years actually, um, since their fruition. But it's um basically an AMP page is a very, very fast loading web page, okay, on mobile. So what you do is you take your code and you convert it to AMP code for a certain page of your website. And this AMP code is you know, written uh, just for speed. You know, so basically you got to take your website, you've got to strip out all the, all the JavaScript you don't use, you've got to strip out all the CSS you don't use, um, you know, and strip down photos, resize them appropriately. I mean, it's a, it's a project to build AMP pages. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. Um, and what it, what it does is, uh, you, you, some people call it the lightning bolt or Mm -hmm. or anything like that. You know, you search in Google for something, then you see this little, little lightning bolt, um, that actually looked a lot like the Winamp symbol way back when. I don't know if you you ever used Winamp, but, um, it shows my age. Anybody out there that used, used Winamp? But anyway, so, um the uh the it it shows that hey this is a fast loading web page uh, whenever it's in the search results so you know when you click on it it loads fast and you can get your info quickly now you can have a very fast loading page without that little amp symbol um and what I see a lot of amp used for is uh, magazine articles uh blog articles stuff like that to where it's Let's very say, information heavy
0: yeah what's what's the the proper use of like a, an amp page because I know some people would come and say, well, well I'm just gonna make every. I want to make every, every page, page make. on my website an AMP page. <laughs> right, right, exactly. The thing is, I
1: mean, you got got to be careful because you could very well cause an issue because um, the AMP pages aren't as interactive as regular pages. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of our search functionality uh, on a site requires, you know, JavaScript loading, um, you know, calls to databases, stuff like that. Uh, and if you you have to strip that stuff out to make that AMP page, then you know you're you're losing functionality for speed. Yeah. So, you know, you have to worry about whether or not the this converting the stuff to AMP is gonna really impact the user experience enough that it's gonna hinder them to get the job done the way that you want it to be done. Just something to think about there. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're still out there, again, mostly for magazine articles or, or blog articles or anything like that. I mean, because they're very text-heavy, doesn't really require much effort to make them, those AMP. Um, and we've been, we've been using AMP, too, for a free few of our sites and noticed uh, some of them have had had uh, ranking improvements because of it. Um, but some of them haven't. So you know, it's one of those to where it's whatever, whatever is important in your market and whatever uh, you think is is going to be best. But you know, you hear a lot of people, hey, we got to get on amp, got to get on amp. Well, you don't have to. It's just one of those that it it could help if you do it appropriately.
0: Okay, so it could be helpful. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be done. And Correct. definitely don't make every page on your website an amp page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 okay cool exactly. those are those are our seo questions for the day um if you guys have any any questions or anything that you want paul to answer in the realms of seo definitely send those in um we're open to different topics and uh, to talk about different things so next we're going to move on to the tool of the day and the tool of today is hot jar
1: hot jar
0: i like saying hot jar hot jar it's catchy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like it too. I do enjoy Hot it. Jar. But yeah, Hot I- Jar is actually—it's um, kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can spy on people as they're browsing your website. You watch their mouse move. You watch what they're doing. Um, it doesn't turn their webcam on to watch them that way. But it does actually uh, record their mouse movements and what they're doing on your website. Now, it has different functions. Um, there is a free version of Hotjar. Uh, there is a paid version of Hotjar. And there's a professional. You know, there's different tiers. Um, and we find that uh, the, the free version will give you some good insight that uh, will be good enough to, to allow you to make some decisions about your site, depending on how many visitors you have. Um, the free version records up to 200 visitors uh, and records their, their movements. Once that, that 200 is up, then it's gone. Uh, it, it stops recording and you can just watch those 200 unless you delete more. Um, the paid versions, which are, um, are a little bit more expensive, like $40 or $60 a month, um, then those you can record a load more sessions. I think it's like two thousand something like that. Wow! And I'm really not can, sure who has time I to know, watch two thousand sessions. sessions. <laughs> that is the issue. Is like great. Now I've got all these recording sessions between you know two minutes and five minutes, and all these people on my site spending time. Now you got to find some time to watch all that stuff and make decisions. So. <laughs> It's cool, but you know you got to be prepared to invest some time to see how people are acting on your site and what kind of caveats might, might yeah. be
0: on it. Obviously, this is a user experience tool. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. going in and being able to look and see what people are doing. I've actually watched uh, a couple of Hotjar sessions, and it's funny to see sometimes people go and click on things that like aren't really a button or right. a link, and you're like, oh, they're clicking because they expect something to happen. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting because... Each different user has, like, their own thought on what and how your website works. Right. And so they may go click on something, they think that it's a button, and it's not, and then they may get frustrated and leave. Mm. So it's it would be a good tool just to, you know, just use even just the free version to go through and, and look to see what what the user experiences from someone else. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. So. And we
0: can install those on your site.
1: Um, a lot of our our marketing clients, we've been we've been installing installing them and looking and seeing what we can do uh in that realm too, So, Is that all on Hotjar? Oh, that's pretty much
0: it. Okay. Okay. Just Google Hotjar, you'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of our main topic what we were talking about earlier is um tracking. And I think I think all this kind of relates to tracking. Um, but I think it's very important to be tracking in 2019, not only, you know, with all your different channels like social media or direct marketing, like email, but, uh, just in different, you know, just in your website. I mean, everything. We've talked about like Google analytics
1: before, like how, you know, you can look at different sources and where this traffic's coming from, but analytics is only as smart as the data that you put into it. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but, um, it's one of those to where every time, think about this every time you want to do something new, you need to start tracking a new version of that. Uh, let's say you do a postcard, you got to track it. You do a new um, pay per click campaign, you got to track it. Uh, anything, Facebook, got to track it. So, And they're all tracked differently. And you set them up differently.
0: So let's talk about some ways that we could track. Um, Obviously, Google Analytics refines things in certain reports based off like if it's a social channel, like a source or a medium report, like where it's coming from. But how can we go a little bit further? Yeah. So the important thing with Google Analytics, um, and I know you
1: use this a lot, is the UTM codes. So, you know, if you Google um, just Google Analytics UTM generator anything like that, you're going to get to a website that will allow you to put in your URL, and you can also create special campaign URLs. Um, So basically, it'll create a separate segment inside Google Analytics for you whenever you start using this URL. So if you do some sort of um, advertising on a newspaper website, do advertising on any external website, you better be creating a new Google UTM tracking code. And then once you get that generated, you'll be able to see exactly how much traffic you got from that source. And
0: that's gold
1: right there. I mean,
0: you need that. I think where people make the mistake, from what I've seen, is they don't go far enough. Right. So it needs to be extremely granular. So if let's say just... You know, social media, let's say I've got an ad set within Facebook. I want to track each different ad in relation to that ad set. Like, so I want to make sure that the ad set is performing for one. Mm -hmm. So I've got a campaign, right, that I'm tracking, but then I'm also tracking each individual ad to make sure that whichever one performs. Because if one of those ads leads to a conversion and drives some revenue, then you you want to make sure that you can track that and justify what you're spending. Right. Another way to track would be emails. So you want to make sure that yeah, we see that a lot. Yeah, you want to make sure because a lot of people track I mean, don't track. Don't track emails. So what happens is they um
1: they go to when you go into Google Analytics, it looks like a spike in direct traffic um from whenever you do an email campaign because you don't have the links tagged in your emails. Yep. Yep. So that causes a whole bunch of like, do you don't because you don't know if your emails are converting or working or 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 anything because it's all just in this lumped direct traffic in mm-hmm. Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, everything everything you can think of can be can be
0: tracked. Yeah, here's a thought with email too. Um, and I know we've talked about this in the past, but like if you use Mailchimp. Mm-hmm. and you use the mailchimp tracking codes right. and you, you let mailchimp track it for you then you don't want to have utm codes within your your email itself yeah. um because it's going to be double double tagging things right so you really have to make sure that you've got a clear idea of how you're tracking things and mm-hmm. where you know <laughs> yeah. what you're tracking so exactly. because you can get it's it's really easy to get some skewed numbers and then you don't want you know you don't want skewed numbers saying that you've sent double or that you're not sending enough <laughs> right or that it made this much money when it really didn't yep so um yeah it, yeah, does, it's, it does take a trained eye. yeah you know i mean it is it, and it's really important because you can look at your campaigns and say yes this was worth our time this was worth our money right you know right We've actually got clients,
1: too, that um, still do print campaigns or um, you know newspaper ads. They do brochures, uh, billboards, stuff like that. Um, and you might think off the top of your head, ooh, those are kind of hard to track because you don't want to put this big, long URL up on a billboard, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, what you can do is just put your website, um, uh, www.xywebsite.com slash... Just a generic word, a vacation or rent with me or anything like that. A specific URL, so we can then on our side take that URL and do a redirect. If if you did if you missed our podcast about redirects, <laughs> make sure to go back and listen. So we can do a redirect to a UTM tracking coded um, URL. So then you can actually track that billboard advertisement or track that print media or anything like like that. Uh, so you know you can pretty much track everything. And tracking phone numbers too is something that uh, a lot of people miss the boat on. Um, there's services out there. I mean, we all we all know Navis is uh, is spectacular at you know getting granular with using dynamic tracking codes and. Um, tracking you know, different phone numbers and campaigns and stuff like that. Um, some of the smaller companies obviously can't, can't really afford Navis, but that's, uh, there's alternatives out there that can do that same kind of thing, but you do have to do a little bit more legwork, um, such as CallRail. Uh that's a very cheap alternative. Uh, you know, it's I think it's like sixty dollars a month. That's but, not bad. Yeah. I mean I, I think it's worth the investment because what we're finding is, you know, whenever you do a we do pay per click campaigns or we do um, you know, social media or anything like that, then you know, we, we might get forty percent of our um bookings are done on the phone or maybe vice versa. They're done on the web and the rest is done via a phone call. From our pay-per-click accounts, so mm-hmm. if you're not tracking that, then you're you're missing the boat on whether or not it's working because yeah. th- these people might be picking up the phone and calling and not booking online and thus skewing your
0: analytics data. Yep. So well, that's I mean that's a really good example of what happens in the social media realm because people are like, well, it's not working. Like social isn't working. A lot of times people get found on social media and then they right. just follow through with maybe a phone call or they go to the website you know, directly or something like that. And so it looks like it's not working, but it really is. Right. It's just you're not tracking it properly. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, all good ideas. It can be a lot to handle, too, you know, when you've got all these different tracking IDs and yeah. team codes and you're trying to make sure that all your channels have the correct, they're properly categorized right. and everything. And exactly. Um, if you have multiple campaigns going. But it's definitely worth the time and effort. Yeah, start sure. a spreadsheet. Keep yeah. this, Keep up with it with a spreadsheet. Yeah. So I need to do to my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need to spreadsheet my life. <laughs> I need to granularize my life. Into blocks of time. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Social media. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> I wanted to talk about something new that Facebook is starting to do, um, and some of you may notice it if uh, you're running ads. But it's really cool, I think. Um, and Google has been doing this for a while, and I'm I'm. I'm not surprised that Facebook <laughs> has taken this <laughs> long to do it, but they have. so Gee, but lookers. it's it's really cool. It's really cool. So, um, used to, uh, we would do, well, let's back up. a B testing is extremely crucial when you're running social media ads because you're really taking a guess at what your audience wants to look at, you know, look at and what they want to click on. Um, and so used to, what we would do is we would build out a campaign like let's just say a traffic campaign or a conversion campaign, and then you would build out an ad set. And then within that ad set, you would run a bunch of different different ads that had different texts and different images and different calls to action. And you're trying to take this guess at, okay, what's going to perform better? And then what we would do is we would run that for a little bit. Then you would analyze the numbers and you would tweak things along the way. Mm-hmm. So Facebook has launched their assets asset ads or asset i don't know what you call it they just call it assets um right and and basically what it is is you can build out an ad set and put different assets in there and so you can have like an ad set with assets an (laughs) ad set with assets um say that five times fast (laughs) so um you can have like five different headline texts and you can have like uh, five or six different call-to-action buttons. Right. Um, okay. You can have, like, five different instances of uh, description text. Interesting. And what it does is it it takes and makes different combinations. Oh, including images, too. You can have five right. or six different image types. Um, and what it does is it combines all of those. And so you have... Think about all the unlimited combinations. I mean, it's got to be yeah. in the hundreds of different combinations that you could have if you take all those different yeah. parameters. exactly. And what it does, it serves those to people and it says, okay, people really like this headline text. Let's see if they like this image. And it takes and picks the best performing one and then starts serving that ad to more people. Mm -hmm. And so it progressively learns what your audience likes to see and starts tweaking the content based off of that information. So I thought that that was really valuable because now I can just go in and put in a bunch of different ideas on headline text or, you know, content or um description copy or images and it's like okay let's see which one starts to perform Right, and it may be a combination that i didn't even think of yeah you know yeah, exactly um, and that's really cool it it's it actually does that yeah like, and it tracks it all for you too right. so that's the nice part <laughs>
1: Which one works best? Like, yeah, like you said, Google's been doing it for a while with the pay-per-click game. Um, so it, it's cool that Facebook's finally on board with that. And it takes a lot of legwork out, too. Let's say you want, like, five ad variations. You've got to do those. Ma- you used to have to do you those manually. You used to manually. have to do those manually. A new headline, yeah. a new picture, a new subtext, a new URL. I mean, yeah. it's like, ugh. I mean, you can copy and clone them, but still, it, you still got to do that legwork. It's leg
0: still legwork, leg and it was it was kind of tedious. Now um you definitely ab testing is where it's at because you want to i mean anything that i do whether it's email or social ads or anything like that i mean you definitely want to make sure that the content that you're serving up is is received well by the audience like you right. want to ab test everything that you can um exactly so this is a really easy way to do it because you can get in you can just put a bunch in the ad set and Start it, and it will start to learn on its own. So, right. that was that was the the interesting social yeah. media tidbit of mm-hmm. the day. So, definitely, if you're doing uh, Facebook ads, even like where this would really be helpful is if you're doing a traffic ad, uh, an engagement ad, or a conversion mm. ad. This would be extremely helpful, right? Um, because you can put in different calls to action um you know like if you're if you're just doing like a watch like a video or something like that where you want, want someone to to like the page you know you're not really going to have a a learn more button you're going to have a like like our page button right you know so it really comes in handy when you're doing like those traffic ads or the conversion ads because you can really narrow down get the lowest cost per click and uh get the right content to the audience right. so
1: That pretty much wraps it up for today. We've got some upcoming conferences. Uh, One is actually the end of this week, uh, Barefoot User Conference. Uh, Me and Lila, or Lila and I, if I want to be grammatically correct. You should be grammatically correct. Lila and I. Lila and I (laughs) will be uh, in Orlando at the Barefoot User Conference starting on the 21st. And then um, up next is the uh, VRMA Spring Forum in Charlotte on um, April 15th to the 16th. So that one, the, the whole crew is going, no, not all 40 of us, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna say, I did not know this, <laughs> but yeah, April, uh, Vanessa, Brandon and Paul, I <laughs> are gonna, are gonna be there. So, um,
0: hope to see you at the, at the spring forum in, in Charlotte. Awesome. Um, and don't forget to, to, don't forget to find us on social media, <laughs> We um, went the whole time and <laughs> all of a sudden the last <laughs> sentence. Don't forget to find us on social media, <laughs> on Facebook at Intercoastal Net Designs, Twitter at Intercoastal. Um, we really would like to hear from you guys if you have any questions. Um, we're always open to answering those. Yep. So and that's Tweeting Book Faces. Basically <laughs> that's basically all we got for today.